anything God does is, is good. God works in the world in all sorts of ways. Medicine, uh, gradual recovery because of the, the way our bodies are created, all these things are good. They're, they're gifts of God. When we use the language of miracles or, or signs, normally we're speaking not just of, of God's ordinary working in creation, but something extraordinary. That is something that's out of the ordinary in a way that gets people's attention. Now, that may vary from one person to another, what it takes to get their attention. But these are things that would generally get most people's attention. So, you know, if the elders of the church pray and you have a, uh, you recover after surgery, well, it's still an answer to prayer. It doesn't have to be something unexpectedly dramatic to be an answer to prayer. But to be a sign, usually it's something kind of more dramatic. Um, cataracts instantly disappearing or, or deaf ears being opened even though it was auditory nerve damage or, or things like that. Now the question is, why do these things happen? What's the point of these things? In the Gospels, we see that Jesus of Nazareth went around healing the sick, casting out spirits that were oppressing people, and doing, doing other marvelous works, stilling storms um, and, and other things that helped people, protecting them in the, in the face of, of danger like storms. So what was the, the point of these things? Well, first of all, the point was an expression of God's compassion to really help people in their need. But it doesn't have to always be dramatic to do that. Feeding, feeding the multitudes, well, if you've got enough food on hand, you can still feed the multitudes. That doesn't have to be dramatic. But signs drew attention to Jesus' character and identity as well. Yes, compassion, but also his extraordinary power, his extraordinary authority. So, for example, in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 5, and in the parallel passage in Luke chapter 7 and verse 22, Jesus says to John the Baptist, who's, who's uncertain whether his miracles really testify that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus answers, well, go tell John the, the blind see, the deaf hear, and <clears throat> so on. And some of the language that he uses there is taken directly from the book of Isaiah, from chapter 35, and also the good news being preached to the poor from Isaiah chapter 61. What that means is that Jesus is saying that his ministry of healing actually fulfills what Isaiah said, but the context in Isaiah is not just the healing of some sick people. It's a whole new world. It's a new heavens and a new earth. It's the restoration of God's people. And so he's saying, John, you don't see the fullness of the kingdom yet, all this that you promised, or the baptism in fire and so on, but this is a foretaste of the kingdom. You're seeing part of the kingdom. <laughs> the kingdom is already not yet. And in the same way, Jesus says in Matthew 12, 28, and Luke chapter 11, and verse 20, if I, by the Spirit of God or by the finger of God, am casting out demons, then God's kingdom has come upon you. These were signs of the kingdom, showing that the, the promised coming king was already among his people, even though it looked just like a mustard seed. It wasn't yet the fullness of the mustard tree. Jesus had already come and was already working the signs of the kingdom. And in John's gospel, we see that these are also signs of his identity, signs of the purpose of his mission, signs showing who he really is. Well, not everybody we pray for always gets healed. I, I, have a, I had a really good friend named Nabil Qureshi, and so many of us were praying for his, his healing. 
and Nabil passed away. Although in, in his years of life, he did so much more than so many of the rest of us who've, who've lived so much longer. But God doesn't always answer the prayers the way that we want. In fact, if it always happened automatically, we'd have a lot more 500-year-olds walking around today. We know that that's not the case. And I could, I could give examples from the Bible where, you know, for example, Elisha was, uh, died of a sickness and yet was so full of the power of God that later on when they threw a corpse in on top of his bones, the corpse came back to life. So we read in scripture about people who, who died of sickness and so on, although it focuses more on the healings and the signs. But the point of those signs is they're a promise of the coming world, a promise of the coming kingdom. They're a reminder that God's promise is not just something we believe with no evidence, but there is evidence of, of what God is going to do. He's going to bring the restoration. He's going to make a time when there are no more tears. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And that means that when a sign happens, when God does a miracle for anybody, it's not just a gift for that person. It's a gift for all of us. Whether we get one like that or not, because it's a reminder to all of us of God's promise of a day when we will be completely whole. And yet the Gospels show us something even deeper than miracles, important as miracles are as signs of the coming kingdom. And that's the message of the cross. Because in the cross we see that even when it looks like God is abandoned, even when it looks dark and hopeless and like injustice has prevailed, God still has a purpose. And God is still at work to bring about his purposes. The cross is merely the prelude to the resurrection. And the New Testament sometimes speaks of, of the present sufferings as birth pangs of the coming world. Yes, there's suffering in the world. But when God does miracles anywhere, it's a reminder to all of us that that promised world is real. And it's promised to all of us who have faith in him.